Do you like Wilkins coffee? <laughs> Do you like Wilkins coffee? <laughs> I turned my head and Melissa's hand was in my face doing puppety things. <laughs> Dear listeners, because puppetry is great radio. It is. It is. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bowlesby. Listeners to another episode of Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your co-hosts, Wendy, and this is I am Melissa, also a co-host. And Hi. this evening we are joined by our special guest, Gordon Smooter. Yep, that's me. Yay! Yay, Gordon Smooter! Yay, Gordon Smooter! We invited Gordon because Gordon is number one, awesome, and number two, interesting, and number three, he's a puppeteer. And so we're going to have an entire episode talking about puppets in movies, which is going to be super exciting. Yay! Although, we must qualify that non Muppet puppets. Non Muppet puppets, which is also a tongue twister. Say it five times real fast. We might might dodge a little bit into Henson Land, but mostly we are, you know, since people are already familiar with Henson. Oh, please. Please. I'm doing that gesture. Please. (laughs) Dismissive gestures all the way. (laughs) Henson is undeniably the father of modern television puppetry. I agree. But. But. There are there are more puppeteers in the world than just Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this episode is, is an by... even-numbered episode, which means we are already through one bottle of wine and we're starting another. <laughs> this is Red Guitar Old Vine. It is a Tempranillo Garnacha. That's fun to say. I like yeah. that. So it's, it's a blend. It's a blend. It's 2011 Navarra. Which is the Denominación de Origen. Basically, it's from Navarre, which is Spain, right? Yes, that would be a Spanish wine. I always think of uh, Navarre. I know, right? <laughs> when I, when I hear, That's Rutger Hauer. You, you're bringing out your Lady Hawk. On yeah, when I hear Navarre, I think Lady Hawk. That yep. was where I was going yep. to, yep. right? But it's got a nice little label, and it is very drinkable. I yeah, am, I am yeah, a fan of this so far. Yeah, it's a decent blend. Yeah, no, so we, we do recommend this. Unlike some wines where we're like, well, we're drinking it, but don't you do it too. <laughs> <laughs> So, let's get started talking so, uh, about non-Muppet puppets. Yes. Non-Muppet puppets, non-Muppet non, puppets, num- non-Muppet puppets, non-Muppet puppets, non-Muppet puppets, non-Muppet puppets. I did it. I'm, That's the wine. I'm fine. Yeah, we'll make you do that after this episode and see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're in Minnesota. Let's start with Mystery Science 3000. Okay. Yes, MST3K. Awesome. Because that is some damn puppeteering going on there. That is yeah. some puppeteering going on there by a bunch of guys who were not puppeteers. No, they mm-hmm. were not. And uh, Well, those are some awkward puppets. I talk English sometimes. <laughs> those were some awkward puppets when you really think about it design-wise. Yes. The, um, the, the mobility on all the bots was pretty much zero. <laughs> 
And you don't, you know, there's not a lot there. Trace talks about the first couple times he used Crow and it didn't do anything. I mean, it was just like a, like holding a sign on a stick, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then well, he, it's a bowling ball pin with some yeah. ping pong balls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a soap dish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, uh, I, I think he, he was the one who actually made Crow's eyes turn left and right. Oh. But, uh, and then the, the, the whole return system on the mouth, he reworked and, and that kind Redo- of thing. So it would close so, automatically? Someday, someday you guys could have Trace on the show. Yeah, we, we and should. And he would talk about that. Oh my God, yeah, that'd be I'm su- sure. Do I think he would? I think he would. I think he would. I know Trace. He's, he's such a nice guy. He is. he is. Which means I'm uncomfortable around him because I'm not. I'm a. I curse too much, <laughs> and I get no. drunk, and I'm. No. I'm kind of a jerk. And Trace totally would. But yeah, um, it's a great credit to Trace and Bill and pretty much everybody yeah. working the yeah. puppets on that show that they were able to give so much personality to those puppets because really those puppets don't do like yeah the, the mouths move and that's about it tom servo yeah. tom his servo. little mouth and his arms flailed that's yeah. really yeah. all that happened well tom servo is is even harder because the mouth is so small and yeah. moves and moves so little that it's barely even noticeable on screen mm-hmm. yeah and he has no eyes that's he has the no eyes guy. all he's got is flaily arms <laughs> with baby mm-hmm. hands yeah, <laughs> seriously. Slinkies with baby hands. Have you seen the outtakes video where Crow's eyeballs light yes. on fall? Oh God, that's the best. That's the best. That is the I've best. I've not seen that one. Oh, oh, oh it will God. make your because, you will pee yourself. Oh God! Every every secret of why Mystery Science Theater three thousand works is in that outtake video because it starts out as. You know, they're just doing a regular bit outside of the the movie area of the spaceship. And suddenly, Crow's eyes catch on fire. The puppet's eyes, because they're they're ping pong balls, which are flammable, and they start flaming. And and Trace, who is still operating the puppet, goes with it. I'm assuming that this was part of some sort of light up eye gag. That no, I, I don't there think was a so. fire and it accidentally oh, happened. Okay, okay. No, it wasn't meant to happen. There was, was some there sort like of fire, a... like a candle was nearby, yeah, and something happened. And he accidentally set the the puppet on fire, <laughs> and then he decided to just go with it. Oh my God! When we first saw this, we all were gasping for breath because it's. <laughs> <laughs> because it's great. <laughs> it's super awesome and you need to see it. Yeah, anyway, so, so we need did, to put that on the show notes. Yeah, oh, I will. Uh, so did Joel Hodgson build all the puppets originally? Did... I don't know. Okay. I don't Somebody know. who was not a puppeteer built them. Because a puppeteer yeah, but, would have considered design, right? I mean, it it well, it, 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 it makes sense to me that... There was an aesthetic they were going for, too. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, Mystery Science Theater was built literally on a shoestring. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, literally, yeah. they had a shoestring and said, let's build a, stu- a studio right here on this. <laughs> on this shoestring. And we'll balance. <laughs> right here. Because like, floors are expensive. But Joel was a prop builder. Yeah. Well, 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 he was I mean, a prop comedian. He, yeah, he was a prop comedian. I mean, I remember seeing him when I was a kid on Channel 2, the public television station, 
doing stand-up before he was doing Mystery Science Theater 3000. And all of his stuff was like, he'd, he'd just stand in front of a micro go, microphone and go, hell in a handbag, and he'd pick up a purse and then light itself on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it would just be this series of bizarro props that he'd built. Yep. And... The spinning head gag was always my favorite. Oh, that was Where that you would was just grab the sweater and spin? No, the, uh, no, no, he had, no. He had this big tin bucket that he would put on his head. <laughs> yes. And then it would, the, the door would spin around, and he would turn his head inside and make it look like his head was going 360. <laughs> it was it an was amazing gag. Great illusion. Great illusion. It, no, I remember seeing it. It was awesome. But the puppetry somehow became endearing because it was so awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you you don't expect a lot of fluid mobility out of a robot anyway. So, you know, as long as the mouth is moving and they're kind of pointing in the right direction, I could puppet that. I'm a shitty puppeteer. What's next? What do you choose out of your list, Mr. Smooter? Hmm. I just like to say smoother. <laughs> smoother. You have a great name. Smoother. It's so yeah. much better than Bowlesby. Smoother. Well, smoother. Smoother is smoother is a, a derivation from Zmuda, Z M U D A. Oh. Which is <gasps> Both Polish. of those are great. Polish. I want yeah. I want a Z in my name, Zmuda. Yeah. You are like Bob Zmuda. You could yeah. be an evil villain with that name, Zmuda. What are you going to talk about next? Um, we let's... could go with the whole 80s nostalgia thing and just hit, like, gremlins. <laughs> yeah, gremlins, gremlins, critters, lots of puppet work there. In, in fact, uh, yeah. uh, Men in Black. Um, yeah. Lots, lots of puppet work in Men in Black. Yeah, there really was. With the, the guys in the cafe, the mm-hmm. cafeteria, right? Yeah, the little worm alien guys. The, were, and, yeah. Yep. The um, thing, the problem with puppets in those movies is, especially, like, gremlins, mm-hmm. when I think about gremlins, is that I'm aware it's a puppet. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't. It's not frightening. It's charming. Right. right. Well, I, well, I think. How do you create a I, truly frightening puppet? Well, well, the thing with Gremlins though is it's a Joe Dante film, and there's always kind of this awareness that it's always tongue in cheek, even though if it's supposed to be frightening, it's also tongue in cheek. That is just the tone of Joe Dante movies. Okay, so so I think I think, can you make can you make a movie with a puppet that is truly frightening? Uh, I don't know. I was pretty terrified by Jabba the Hutt when I first saw him. Oh, he's just gross. Well, sorry, he's just oh, gross. Oh, Jabba Nola Solo. You know what's really funny about Jabba the Hutt is if you watch the mouth, it's actually saying the words that you're seeing at the bottom of the screen. They've, re- <laughs> they've replaced it with Hutties. Wow. You know what's also disturbing about Jabba the Hutt? Worst villain ever. What is he going to do? Fall on you? Yep. <laughs> Seriously, I could run away from that. That's mm-hmm. a slug. Yeah. If I had a salt shaker, I would win. <laughs> <laughs> but going back briefly to Gremlins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, back um, to our point. Yeah, back to, back to our point. I think Gremlins works on a level where, yes, you realize it's a special effect, but that's kind of part of the movie. Just because, I mean, that's the tone of Joe Dante movies, is that he doesn't go for the real realism. It, he tells you a story about someone going yeah. down the chimney as Santa Claus and getting stuck there and dying. Yeah. And then pulls it out with a gag. Yeah. You know, a verbal gag at the end. Yeah, or, or a, a, and yeah. I mean, I will always appreciate a puppet more than I will CGI because a puppet can actually engage me physically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and, I am much more 
captivated by Mogwai. I am much more captivated by Yoda mm-hmm. than I am by a CG creature. If you want to win my heart, make it a puppet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then again, if you want to truly terrify me, I might be a little, it might be a little harder with a puppet because I'm aware it's a puppet. And so maybe you need to put a man in a suit to call back to Jennifer's episode. Because right? <laughs> yeah. seriously, well, aliens scared the fucking yeah. shit out of me. Well, uh, you, you, you bring up a good point. Uh, puppets really aren't designed for the scare. They really aren't. Um, unless you're talking the chest burster. Yes. True. Yeah. But that's a boo. You know, that's yeah. not a, you know, once once you sit there and stare at it and you look at it, you go. Oh, look at oh, it. Look yeah. at it. Yeah. Look at my um, little hand. <laughs> but but another movie to mention is the Puppet Master series. Yes. Which mm. is an entire horror movie, just line of movies. And, and not only was it Puppet Master, but there were spinoffs of Puppet Master. Mm-hmm. That were all about how scary puppets are. Yeah, yeah, and you evil, can... evil little puppets. There were like eighteen of those motherfuckers. Yeah. Well, come on, Buffy Crazy. even riffed on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking ventriloquist <laughs> dummies are scary as well, shit. They are. They are. They look at you with those eyes, right? Puppets are scary. You just have to figure out a way to make it a puppet that's scary instead of trying to make it a real character yeah. that is a puppet that is scary. Oh god, um, Chucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or um. God, what was it? Dead of Night? Where is my... Wait, 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 wait. Where is my Chucky... Where is my Chucky costume? It might be in a bin somewhere. I gotta dig that shit out. I have a Chucky costume. Put that on your daughter. (laughs) 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 Oh. Oh. But anyway, Dead of Night. I don't know. I believe is the title of this film. It's a film noir film, and it's an anthology of horror stories down in the 1940s, if I remember right. It's usually kind of hard to um, get your hands on, but it's on YouTube. And one of the stories is about a ventriloquist who's being taken over by his dummy. Mm. Fucking ventriloquist it dummies. It is scary as there's shit. A, it's there, great. There's a great, uh, great Twilight Zone episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ventriloquist thing, ventriloquism is puppetry. Yes. Most puppeteers stay away from ventriloquists, like <laughs> like like rodeo clowns stay away from real clowns, you know? or like or like sci-fi fans stay away from furries. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now that that being said, I have done a lot of work for ventriloquists. What making their dummies for them? That's right. You wow. know, you know Jay Johnson. No. Remember the guy on Soap. Oh my I god! I remember that guy. I've right. seen soap. I've seen all of soap. I watched it all. <laughs> I did like three years ago. She's OCD. She can't help it. Jay, Jay Johnson is a really nice guy. Um, he used to do these uh, kind of corporate gigs where uh, a company would hire him to come in for the the, the company dinner, or whatever. And he would have a dummy that looked like the CEO or. Whoever, and he would do a shtick with this with this dummy. I I was the one who was doing the remodeling on standard ventriloquist dummy to look like whoever. Whoever. The, so. the, this is getting super terrifying. <laughs> Seriously, um, I, I'm just the, trying to. Imagine. You look at pictures and go, I know, I'll make it a dummy. Did you make Cargill's dummy? I I made the puppet of Cargill. Yeah. What would my puppet look like? I don't want to know. 
I bet we could find out. No, I don't want to know. I don't want to know what but, my puppet would look like. That's terrifying. But I'm just trying to imagine a company that would go, hey, I know what we'll do for the company picnic. We will hire the guy from Soap. Yep. <laughs> and That's you a company have... that is fucked up. Check mark. I Fucked up. I don't know if I want to work there or not want to work there. I don't know. It's really sort of an interesting conundrum. Like, is that awesome or terrifying? It's kind of both, and I don't know where the line is. (laughs) Well, I can tell you where the line is. (laughs) (laughs) Please enlighten us, Gordon. Please. If it's a man, having a ventriloquist dummy of you made is kind of a cool thing. It's a mini-me. Okay. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, The one female... That we did. Danger, danger, danger. Danger. Then you're mocking a female. We were we were assured by everyone at the company that, oh, she's got a great sense of humor. She'll think this is hilarious. This is just fantastic. Oh, no, that she, did not go well. That did not go well. <laughs> Jay was telling me about the gig. He said, uh, here I was. We were in kind of this really tight space. Um, the stage was very small. The first thing that happens is my foot catches the mic stand. It falls over into the table right at the base of the the stage and shatters glasses and drinks all over everybody who's sitting at the table. Oh. So that's how the show started. Oh. That's a shame. And then he had to bring out... now, Now, okay, as one of the sculptors who worked on this likeness, we were very aware that... This woman is going to be concerned about her appearance. That's, you know, we just, we have to be considerate. And so we worked very, very hard at not making it a grotesque likeness. Mm -hmm. We were trying to make it a fairly complimentary likeness, but still be in the realm of ventriloquist dumminess. Caricature. Caricature. It's still a caricature. And uh, it did not go well. (laughs) She she came up on stage and... uh, she first she tried to strangle the dummy, and uh, then she tried punching it in the face, which is not a good idea because it's a hard face. Oh! So she hurt her hand. Oh! And uh, yeah, so it really stories didn't, from didn't ventriloquist play. dummy land. Yeah, thanks didn't to play Gordon well. Smooter. Didn't play well. <laughs> but uh, Jay's a cool guy. Uh, he did he did a Broadway show called Jay Johnston, the Two and Only. <laughs> And, uh, that very was, clever, very uh, clever. Very I applaud that. Yeah, but that's that's tales from Dummy Land. <laughs> what were we talking about? We puppets, puppets, puppets no, we're we we are on top. We are, we are on, topic. on topic. This we is why we had Gordon on. Now, you still want to talk scary? Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles is on the list. <laughs> yes. Is that scary or just horrifying? It, yes. I, I, I think it's. I think it's just. <sighs> morally horrifying yeah <laughs> and and peter jackson himself you know, said it was i think i think the quote is wisely ignored by the academy <laughs> <laughs> something like that it, 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 like it, seriously this man won an oscar and he made that film yes mm-hmm. and and but I love Meet the Feebles because it generated the funding for Dead Alive, which is one of my favorite yep. movies of all time. Oh, Dead Alive is such I know you love it, but it's such a mess. It, well, it's it's a Rube Goldberg machine of a movie. But you know, this podcast is not about Dead Alive. No, it is it's not. About <laughs> Meet We're the talking Feebles. about 
puppets, not dead alive. Yeah. So we're talking about meet the feebles. Although there's a body puppet in dead alive of the mother that splits open. Any oh, and there's the intestines in dead alive. <laughs> the intestines puppet. <laughs> Honestly, if you're gonna try to make something, I feel like fuck CGI. Just make it a puppet. Yeah. Right? Because it's there, more fun anyway. There are limitations to puppetry. Yeah. But um, the ability to have something there on set that's real is <laughs> invaluable. Well, I remember... When it's animated, you have to, you have to plan everything that it's going to do. <laughs> and when you do that, you take away any possibility of having a happy accident. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and that you know. happens so often in acting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Of somebody is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harrison Ford in Raiders of the Lost Ark being sick and deciding to shoot yep. the swordsman instead of fight him. Yeah, happy accident. Yep. Well, I I remember hearing stories from Spider Man Two. Mm-hmm. You know the Tobey Maguire Doc Octopus one. I know we we all know Vincent Trudner who worked on the movie mm-hmm. as one of the CGI artists. Oh, I haven't seen him in forever. Hi, I Vince. know. Hi, Vince. Um, Vin Trudner uh, was one of the CGI artists working on the tentacles for Doc Ock. But one of the things they did on set was they had some of the puppeteers from Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm doing live puppeteering of tentacles on set with the intent that they would use as much of that footage as possible hmm. before going into CGI. Because the recognition of physical acting on set is so different right. than just pretending something's there. Mm-hmm. So they were using as much practical effects as they could, but you know, ultimately they did have to go in with CGI and do the rest of the tentacles with CGI just because there's a limit what you could do in terms of speed and agility with a yeah. tentacle and puppets. Wendy's got a very strange look on her face. I was reminded of the episode where we talked about tentacle porn and I just got disturbed for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> this is not that episode. No, thank you. Speaking of porn. Speaking of porn. What? Puppets have been in porn as well. <laughs> Are oh, we going to Team America? Do we, we, we got two. We got Team America. And we also have a little film from 1976 called Let My Puppets Come. <laughs> This is one of the surprises on my list. <laughs> Did they make a puppet porn movie? They made a puppet porn movie. Oh my god. Puppets having okay. sex with puppets, puppets having sex with humans, humans having what, sex with humans. What, what? Yep. What? Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Rewind, repeat. Okay, so this what? is not Avenue Q we're talking this about. This is not we Avenue Q. Talk- so they have like a little home. wooden schlong, like... <laughs> Penetrate? What? I, I couldn't tell you. I have never actually seen the movie. It doesn't actually exist? I, ho- I, had, I had hoped that the guys would have come up with that for my bachelor party, but they didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, because what better film for you on your bachelor well, party? They, they found porno cartoons. It really wasn't much. I'm Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking anniversary party now that things are so much more available with the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah really. Seriously, we can make so. this happen. Mm. Listeners, help us make this happen. Wait, what year are you on with your... How many years have you been married? What is it? 13, 14? Can we make it happen by 15? Help us out. I'm sure the internet is like right there. Yay, the internet. It's, it's but seriously, there. like, what? <laughs> 
I'm telling you, I, that's all the information I have. I'm, I'm not, making I, gestures, yeah, dear there's, listeners. There's there's gestures. There are, there are. I can vouch for gestures. <laughs> there's puppets having sex with people. And I'm 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 pretty sure that the puppets are uh, kind of Muppet like. Probably much more in the vein of the uh, like the the um, um, Bible study type puppets, but you know. Well, that doesn't make it better. I know. Wait, is I'm it I'm trying furry? to shock you. Is it furry? I don't know. That's gross. I don't know. Okay, let's well, go. Well, that would just mat the fuck. Uh, 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 <laughs> okay, let's talk about Team America. They have sex. They have yeah, sex. It is like a love America. scene. And it's yeah. like a love scene is, is okay. Kind of. Kind of. Is there any penetration? I don't remember. No, they, they're it's... kind of that, that smooth Ken doll sort of. Yeah. Yeah, and they yeah. just sort of rubbing. And they just kind of thrust against each other in no. various different ways. The the um, array of positions is rather spectacular. Yeah, and actually quite <laughs> inclusive. And I yes. do appreciate that. Oh, yes, yes. Right? Let's not be, you know, seriously normative. Right? <laughs> you can do it lots of different ways and all of them are okay. Yeah, weren't they just taking pages from the Kama Sutra and just doing Probably. all this stuff with puppets? Probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, how many times have they really had sex? Like, truly. I, the two of them or maybe. with other people? Sure. <laughs> Let your mind roam. Just go with it. You know what? Both I, answers are pretty much the same. I, I've, I've listened to the commentary track on, on uh, Cannibal the Musical, so, you know. I, well, I have to, I have to say. It's not good. And, I love that movie. I'm just saying the music isn't actually that catchy. The sky is blue and all the leaves are green. I want that on my wedding. Anyway, please continue. Wait, you're planning on getting married? <laughs> no, if I ever do, I'm playing Spadoinkle Day. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. What? Hi. <laughs> Fest, make a note. <laughs> the way to so, Melissa's heart is through Cannibal yeah, the Musical. I think we derailed the talk did. about Team America. Do you have more to say about Team, Team America? America? For puppeteers across the nation and around the world, Team America is kind of an abomination. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Do you Yes, I want to hear this. I want to elucidate. We're leaning yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're leaning in. One of the major comedy tools in Team America is the fact that they are playing on bad puppetry. Uh, okay. And to puppeteers, bad puppetry is funny for about a minute. Okay. Mm. And when you try and carry it through an entire two-hour film, mm. the puppeteers, some some people arrange the fringe on their rug <laughs> on the floor, and that's, you know, that's their obsessive thing. Well, you know, puppeteers, they look at the movement on screen and go, wow, they are really sucky and bad and... Mm-hmm. I can't get past that. So it's, you know, and there, but that, that being said, there were a lot of really good puppeteers who worked on that film. Oh, yeah. And so I know that they were working overtime to be that bad. Mm-hmm. They were doing it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I was at San Diego Comic-Con uh, prior to the release of the film, listening to Matt Stone and Trey Parker talk about making Team America World Police. And the challenges of writing a film like that when you're not a puppeteer, though knowing that you're going to be using puppets pretty much exclusively, 
was like you'd have this creative team and you go okay i want the puppets to do in this scene to do this and this and this it's like name all these fantastic things they go all right cool we can do that and then and then we go i need him to this puppet to grab the other puppet's shirt and they go oh no you can't do that so the the challenges of the pitfalls of these really simple things that you could do in a conventional movie mm-hmm. like grab you, a shirt like grab a shirt right you can't do that with a puppet. You can, but you, you just have to stage it just right yeah. with cutaways, well, and then yep. and has, then a puppet who's right. and then a puppet who's already grabbed the shirt and pulls him in. Yep. When was the last time you saw Kermit the Frog? Oh, <gasps> Henson. When was the last time you ever saw Kermit the Frog pick anything up? <laughs> he doesn't. Nope. He can't. He His can't. hands are felt. He can't. Right. And in fact, they made they made a joke about that. On the Academy Awards one year when Kermit and um, Scooter were presenting and Scooter says, uh, Kermit says, okay, open the envelope. And Scooter is standing there with the envelope in his hand and and he says, I can't. And Kermit says, no, just, just, just open the envelope. Just go. Well, I can't, I can't. And so they have like this argument for a couple seconds. The camera cuts away to the audience who are all laughing, and then it cu- cuts back, and there's Jim Henson standing there, who has stepped up from behind the the podium, and you know says, "I think I'll have to handle this myself," mm-hmm. and opens up the thing and makes the announcement. But it's true. There, there are so many visual tricks that you have to do in a film around puppets, mm-hmm. and and directors just completely. You know, it, it's they're not familiar with the visual language of puppets, and so they right. they can't write it in. Um, we shot a we shot a pilot for a sitcom last December, and the very first day of shooting, oh, <laughs> very very first day of shooting, number one, it was snowing, so there was about an inch of snow on the ground, and the director came to me and said, "Okay, what we're going to do is uh, your your character. I, I'm playing a dog." By the way, it's a a, a toller, and uh, he's built basically like Fozzie Bear. He's got the head and one hand, and another, another puppeteer can come in and do the other hand. But the the director is like, okay, you and the actor are going to be walking along here, and we're going to follow you with the camera. And I said, okay, do you got a dolly? He's like, well, we don't need a dolly for the camera. We're gonna, you're just going to carry it along. I'm like, no, no, dolly for me, because I can't be two feet tall and walk. <laughs> at the same pace as the actor and puppeteer. Mm-hmm. And it, it, in the in the end, we ended up loading me on like a little cart. Yeah, and, and, and you like know. pulling you. Right. But the director actually had it in mind that he would be getting like almost a full shot of the puppet <laughs> and the actor huh. walking together over a span of, uh, must have been about 40 feet. Oh my god! Wow! I don't even know shit, and even yeah. I know that's impossible. So, Finnegan and I've been working with Don as Connie, so yeah. I'm familiar with certain peculiarities of like, oh no, that doesn't work, does it? And that's a director that does not realize that that bicycle shot of Kermit the Frog in the Muppet <laughs> movie was like, oh my god, how did they do that? Strings, yeah, string. Oh, yeah. it's super impressive, though. Yeah. It is really impressive. Strings. Speaking of strings. Strings! See, you strings! See, you see how I'm controlling this whole thing yes. like a puppet? Like yes. a You are puppeteering <laughs> us, which is good, because this is an even-numbered... Oh, even yeah. Number, no. 
I can talk. Even numbered episodes. So we've already killed one bottle of wine and we're working on the second. Indeed. Yay. And you're and not Gordon, judging. I see no judging in your eyes and I really love that about you. And Gordon is the sober driver of this episode. <laughs> I don't know. Jennifer's over there. She hasn't drunk anything. It's true. Uh, Jennifer, uh, Gordon's wife, and uh, previous uh, Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome guest is our glorious studio audience. She's tonight. right over there. Yay, Jennifer! <laughs> Yay, Jennifer! <sighs> um, speaking of strings. Strings! You were. I was. There is a film <laughs> by that title. Yes. And y'all need to go see that film. You need to find that film. Y'all? Where are y'all. you from? Where are you from? <laughs> Minnesota. I'm sorry, you don't get to say y'all unless you're from at least a couple of, like, flatitudes down. <laughs> flatitudes? flatitudes? That's how I remembered flatitude and longitude. <laughs> when I was in school, that's how I remembered flatitude and longitude. Okay. <laughs> flatitudes. You got to be flatitudes down. Just Minute. a second ago, when Wendy was making fun of me saying y'all, now we're making fun of Wendy saying flatitude. I, you're all thinking, that's super smart. I wish I'd been taught that in school. Aren't you? I'm calling yeah. this episode Flatitudes, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Empty flatitudes. Empty flatitudes. <laughs> <laughs> so, strings. strings. Movie. Movie. Strings is actually a really amazing film. It is... A movie starring marionettes in a story about a universe of marionettes. So, everyone, all the characters in the movie know that they have strings. <laughs> and they look and they see their strings disappearing up into the sky and just assume that this is their connection with the greater life force, God, whatever this is. So oh. the strings are part of their universe. So meta. And it's it's really, really an amazing, amazing movie. Um, it's very okay. Shakespearean. It's very Shakespearean wow. Okay, story. so I was about to ask, like, drama, comedy, satire? Um, drama. Drama, okay. Um, when was it made? Uh, are we I talking 60s, 70s, 80s? Um, no, it was like 2000. Uh, it, was, oh. it, was, it was like maybe late 90s, early 2000s. Huh. Because I remember hearing about it at the L.A. Puppetry Festival huh. in 2000. Oh, wait, there's a puppetry festival. There are well, puppetry, of course there are. There are puppetry Who wants to go to the puppetry festival? All over the country, all year long. The National Puppetry Festival now only happens once every two years. Oh, that's but sad. It's, it's just, it's such a huge event that it puts such a strain on wherever it goes. A was, prince leaves his city and sets yes. off to avenge his father. Yes. Not aware his father wasn't murdered and in reality committed suicide. Oh my God, this is the best soap opera ever. It's, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Um, and so without... it's got Catherine McCormick and James McAvoy as voice talents and Derek Jacoby? Yes. What? Derek Jacoby? Oh, oh. My, oh, my, oh, I'm oh, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my yeah, God. you're going to watch this movie and you're going to love it. I this, by the way, was awesome. 2004. Wow. Okay. okay. Well, that was the release. And then. it's only 90 minutes ago. long, so you should totally look this up. I got to find this. Mm -hmm. I feel like this should be on Netflix. It is. Oh! Is it? Yay! Yay! Okay. All right. Recommendation, viewers. You will be amazed at how carefully they have thought about 
the universe of marionette humans, um, architecture changes. Well, yeah, because you got to mm. allow for strings. There yeah. are no roofs. Of, why would you have a roof? That so, would get in the way of the strings. Yeah. Um, does it, it rain? Yes, it does. It rains umbrellas. in the movie. Umbrellas. A lot of umbrellas? Well, how you, do they deal with... No, you wait. Can, the, you, can't, you can't have umbrellas. Because of the strings. Oh, they can't grab anything. Well, that's that's oh, muffed okay. in the movie. Oh, okay. That's, that's, okay, that's okay. film magic, but... Okay. Um, <sighs> you can tell we're drunk. We are absolutely fucking riveted. I'm just so... <laughs> I mean, we would be no. anyway, but we're extra riveted. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, like, what? Really? <laughs> what would it be like to live with strings where you could never roof? What else? How would you put on a jacket? I don't even know. Do they put on jackets? <laughs> no, they don't. They do, but they do make a baby marionette, which they is do. really Whoa. awesome. Too. They do. Um, also, imagine what happens when a string gets cut. <gasps> oh, that w- that's got to be like murder, right? It's like paraplegic. Right, there, there, it, it's got to be huge, there's, right? There, it's there's there's all kinds of interesting stuff, and I can't I can't uh, describe things to you. Yeah! I don't. I, don't ah! I, I need to watch this. I want to know. I can't. I can't ruin it for you by just telling you. You have to see it. Okay. 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 Except I'm. I want to know. <laughs> God damn it! All right, skip to another because I'm gonna right. obsess about this. Skip all right, to another. so we're gonna go somewhere else. Right. Um, go, go keep with the strings idea. Oh, talk about Phil Huber. Phil Huber. Oh yeah, is, I know this name. Is possibly the prob- possibly the greatest marionette artist that I have ever seen. Uh-huh. Um, he is the guy who uh, played China Girl in Oz the Great uh, and Powerful. Yes. yes, and we probably have an outtake of. So seriously, they did marionetting as. Motion mo- capture for CGI. Kind of. They they did they did replacement on the marionette in in certain shots. But he was there for reference for the CGI artists in every scene that the China girl was in. She, because she was beautiful. Yeah. I I mean, there's a lot I really don't like about Oz the Great and Powerful. There's tons not to like about that film. That's the... Including the star. James Franco. James Franco one, yeah. Okay. not to like about Oz the Great and Powerful. I, uh, James Franco yeah. deserves better projects, and at the same time, I blame him for... I he, There are some actors that I just sort of like, You your agent is screwing you over. And then there's some actors that I'm like, no, that's you. <laughs> and James Franco chooses some really questionable projects. I put that on him. I don't ever want to see James Franco or Myla Kunis in a period piece ever again. That's my that's my takeaway from that film. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's really fair. It was a mess, but there was so much visually to like. Mm-hmm. There was so much that they got right. How can, I sound how can you really fail drunk. a Wizard of Oz movie? How can you fail? Like that. Like that. Since we were on the tangent of marionettes, being John Malkovich. Oh. Being John Malkovich. Oh. Yeah. You know, every once in a while, when I watch a movie, there's this awareness of, it's like, wow, this is a 
really great movie. This is a really great movie. This is a really great movie. And then the scene happens. It was like, this is high art. <laughs> and then it goes back to being the movie. Mm-hmm. It, it, like just one scene just leaps out. And in being John Malkovich, for as extraordinary as the entire movie is. Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Yeah, there, Malkovich, Malkovich, there's that Malkovich. marionette scene. Which is amazing. Is Who did that? Who did that? Because the movement is so amazing. I need to look at uh, the credit list again. Phil Huber was involved, and I can't remember exactly how it all fell out. But there was quite a bit of controversy over that film in the puppet community. Oh. Because what happened... Oh, my God. You guys sound like the biggest drama queens ever. <laughs> but, it, you know, that you're, happens you're in every art community. You're insular universe. Yeah. It, you know? Any, you're, you're any... very small, very self-contained, very apparently judgy. <laughs> that, no, that's just good, me. Good God. No, no. That happens in every niche artistic community. Yeah. Seriously. You get that in comics, too. It's like, did you see that happen? No. It, it's the exact same but, thing. But yeah. on, on being John Malkovich, um, I can't remember exactly how it all came together, but the production hired a puppeteer to build those puppets. Okay. And then hired somebody else to puppeteer them. <gasps> oh. Oh. Even is, I can see that's a no-no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, if, if, if you know, so, someone comes in and hires... I don't know, some, some famous singer to write a song and, well, that, and that singer. Speaking from my uh, own background, if you asked me to choreograph a piece and then you gave it to somebody else to stage it, I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. That's, that's kind of what happened. And, um, and I, if I remember right, I think it was Phil who actually built the puppets. Okay. And then they hired somebody else to, I don't know. It was, it was, there, there were a lot of not very feel good moments in the uh, there was production. Puppet drama. There was puppet drama. <laughs> yeah. Puppet drama. You bet your ass. Oh, <sighs> puppet drama with strings attached. What? I feel, well, I'm sorry. It's so much drama. You have to sing it. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Suddenly, this we are all a part of Wendy's musical. We can't talk about puppets on film without talking about Bill Baird. Bill Baird? Who is that? Bill Baird is the most famous marionette guy in the United States. Mm. Um, and why is he famous? Why is he famous? Because he he was it. He was like everything in marionettes all through the 50s and 60s. Um, uh, some, of the, some of the big puppeteers now trained with him. Um, and not just not just marionette puppeteers, but like the guy, the Muppet guys. Well, Bill Baird um, has he well he had his own puppet theater for many years. Um, he's extremely well respected in puppetry circles. But he did a Winnie the Pooh for television with marionettes. Ooh, really? Hosted by Shirley Temple. <gasps> is it on YouTube? There is a video. You can you can get it on video, and it's actually very cool. It's well, actually, it's actually yeah, really what's cool. not to like about that? Um, but if he's so famous, what is he famous for? Or is he just one of those guys who's behind the scene that all the people in the know are like, "That's the guy." Yeah, 
In Minnesota, he's it's the commercial, the toy oh, commercial. Oh yeah, yeah, the Dayton's toy, the Dayton's commercial, the Christmas commercial with the the marionettes that get out of the car and and go to Dayton's. Oh, those are bare. Oh my God, Melissa's making a face. Um, oh, oh my God. Well, here's Melissa's mind is blown. How about how about this? <laughs> High on a hill stood a lonely <gasps> goat. Herd. That was him. That was Bill. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I had I had to bring it around to a musical, but it finally sunk in. There we go. Yole yole hee-hoo. So, um, so that's uh, that oh, is some brilliant marionetting in there. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. with the gesturing, mm-hmm. I I I even I who am yes. not an experienced puppeteer can appreciate the gesturing in that. Yeah. You know, he did a. Um, there's a movie out uh, of Bill Baird puppetry called Davy Jones Locker. It's a it's a children's film. It's a young boy uh, reading. It, it's all about reading books, and so um, this this young boy young boy that travels to the bottom like of the ocean. That doesn't sound like much of a plot. <laughs> young boy travels to the bottom of the ocean, discovers Davy Jones' locker, runs into all kinds of undersea creatures like mermaids and and all that. And it's it's very beautiful. I mean his his um, his character style, like the ones in Sound of Music. They all, you know, they all have like the the pie eye and the, you know, that kind of thing. His his visual style is very recognizable, and it's in all of his work. So that's mm. kind of cool. What else? Puffin stuff. Puffin stuff. Puffin stuff. Yay! HR puffin stuff. He's uh, your friend when things get. Is it rough or tough? Rough. Rough. I thought it was rough, and then yeah. I doubted didn't, myself. Didn't you go to the HR puffin stuff amusement park? I did not, but boy. I would burn every molecule of energy in the universe to turn back time to 1976 and heist my ass down to Atlanta, Georgia, just to set foot. You wait. Were you were you the owl or were you puffin stuff? I was puffin stuff. Jennifer was. I was the owl. You were the owl. I was Doctor Blinky. I I was uh, Seymour. I was Seymour. At Minicon 30 something something. There were two competing HR Puffin Stuff entries. Unplanned. <laughs> completely Whoa. unplanned. One was a master entry, which was Jennifer and Dex. And one was a journeyman entry, which was me and Amy and Cynthia. <laughs> and I was Seymour and Amy was the vulture. Um, uh, uh, Orson. 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 And Cynthia was... Witchy poo, and we had a whole witchy poo for mayor thing going on, and they did like seriously. We were just like, "Oh my god, your costumes!" We're embarrassed to be near you. Oh my god! The best part about that was we did puff and stuff, Doctor Blinky, and witchy poo, and uh, Susie Zorodko was our witchy poo, and Susie was like four foot. She's like she was four, like four, tiny, four, tiny, eight. tiny. She was yeah. shorter than she me. Was oh, is tiny. And then your witchy poo is like, you know, tall. super tall, super tall, but she was in proportion to you guys. <laughs> so it was like this weird, you know, you light us all up and we became this, you know, <laughs> this Venn diagram of, of and and what I remember is that you stuff. made Puffin Stuff's mouth move by just bouncing, yep. which was how they did it in the show. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, okay. Okay. <laughs> no, Puffin Stuff. Um, puffin Stuff. Real quickly, the man inside the Puffin Stuff suit, nobody knows him, and I want to change that right now. His name was Roberto Gamone. Okay. Gamone. Yep. 
and he bounced very effectively he up did. and down. He did. Wow. Of course, the best HR Puffin stuff was actually on Mr. Show. <laughs> oh, the, the altered state of Druggachusets. <laughs> oh, yeah. That yeah, is yeah. my favorite <laughs> Mr. Show bit ever. I declare this pizza to be awesome! <laughs> Such a great parody. And it gets. It gets H.R. Puffin stuff even better than H.R. Puffin stuff did. Yep. We can order a pizza. They'll know. They'll know. <laughs> They'll know we want to order a pizza. <laughs> You've seen this, right? I have. I have seen this. Have, have you seen, seen this? this? No, I don't need to. It's oh. <laughs> now, here's, here's, a, here's a quick note. A lot of people get really freaked out over Puffin stuff. About how druggy it was and all this kind of it stuff. Was, it was kind it was of pretty druggy. druggy. Now, okay, druggy. the guy who did the voice for H.R. Puffin stuff was also the head writer of the show. Okay. His name was Lenny Weinrib. He was a famous voice, though I'm, I'm going to have to tell you why. He was the original voice for Scrappy-Doo. <gasps> oh, that's <laughs> he, not good. He was also the voice for Prince Lotor on uh, on Voltron. And he told me this and he ruined my childhood because I was falling oh in love with Prince Lotor as a kid. And, and then he's like, but that's Puffin Stuff's voice and now I can't hear anybody but Puffin Stuff. Well, and also the Scrappy fucking Doo. He was I, the original voice. I hate Scrappy fucking Doo. Everybody hates Scrappy Doo. Well, yeah, and, and I'm totally on board with that. Even Mark Evanier, who created Scrappy Doo, is really apologetic for Scrappy Doo. Yeah. Wait, okay, what are we talking about now? So um, We were still, well, we were kind of on the uh, subject of Puff and Stuff. Um, a couple of things to know about Puff and Stuff. Ooh, yes. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, Lenny Weinrib, the guy who wrote the show, denies categorically, uncategorically, well, how, however you use that phrase, <laughs> that there were no conscious drug references put into the show. That's because he was on so many drugs, he didn't realize no, what no, was he, coming out no, of No, he mouth. wasn't. He was, he was a straight guy. Now, however... Marty Croft, <laughs> the, bu- the business head of Sid and Marty mm. Croft, says over and over again in interviews, we were not on drugs. You can't make a TV show when you're on drugs. And I believe him. He uses a plural in that statement. We. <laughs> Marty Croft was not on drugs. Sid was baked out of his gourd. <laughs> At least that's my hypothesis. We're so, on the minibus to Tangentville. So the, the last thing to know about Puff and Stuff. Yes. Is where the show came from. What? What? Len, Lenny Weinrib was, yeah. called to a, was called to a meeting with Sid and Marty Croft. Okay, Lenny Weinrib wrote the show. Wrote the show and provided the voice for Puff and Stuff. But he didn't puppet puppets, Puff no. and Stuff. No. Okay, puppet stuff. Yes. <laughs> Puppets of his stuff. So he, he, he got I've had more wine than you. I'm trying to take it easy after oh. Convergence. Oh, seriously. that's right. You're smaller than I am. <laughs> Shut I up. can... <laughs> <laughs> scale. Scale. She's got more weight. I got more Talk. weight, therefore more wine. <laughs> this is not fair. I'm just trying to not ever get as drunk as I was at Convergence again. Anyway, but you were talking about... Puffin Lenny. 
Lenny, wine trip. I've been listening. <laughs> Lenny's on a wine trip. Anyway. <laughs> I'm on a wine trip. Yeah. Um, so Lenny gets called to a meeting with Sid and Marty Croft. They say, we need you to write a new show because NBC just gave us a show. What had they been doing previous? Um, Sid and Marty had been doing live performances at the World's Fair. They also provided puppets for the Dean Martin show. Oh! Oh, wait. Um, what? what? Mm. Um, and that, so, ju- that just blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. Because they did Seymour and the Sea Monsters. Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Pardon me, yeah. That was later. But Yeah, I thought that was after. But Dean yeah. Martin plus puppets... Yep, that's yeah. extra drunk. They were yeah they, the the puppets the puppets on the Dean Martin show were stripper showgirls, and well, Dean and Dean would come out and talk to the stripper showgirl marionettes. It was classy. <laughs> wow! I need to take a selfie of that face right there. So oh, of my face or yours? Ours. Wait. Okay, no. hold on. That's what. That's a. So keep going with the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Also no, yeah and tell me more yeah. about the stripper showgirl. Okay, so Sid, Sid and Marty Croft had gained their fame uh, in in that era by doing a show at the World's Fair called Les Poupées de Paris, <laughs> which was stripper showgirls in a marriage <laughs> show. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's how they made their money. So, so eventually, eventually they got asked by Hanna-Barbera to create costumes for a new Saturday morning show called the Banana Splits. I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember yeah. So. <laughs> Make sure you get my Fitbit in there. I am, I am so glad this is being recorded because you guys aren't going to remember any of it tomorrow. No, what are you talking about? So, I am not that drunk. I, I, I know what blackout drunk feels like now and it does not feel like this, mister. So, uh, Marty Croft watched the costumes for the Banana Splits walking out the door and he turned to his brother and said, those guys are going to make a million. And so, almost immediately, the network came to Sid and Marty Croft and said, we love those costumes you built for Hanna-Barbera. Why don't you do your own show? And that's where Puffin Stuff came from. Dude. So, Dude. they suddenly found themselves in... Dude. In the, Dude. They, I say that. I say that. I say that. Dude. I do. I say that. I say that, dude, 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 dude. <laughs> so anyway, here's dude. Lenny sitting in the office talking to Sid and Marty. Sid and Marty say, Lenny, we need a new show. Mm-hmm. Lenny says, okay, what is it about? And Marty says, okay, here's the deal. You got a dragon and you got a witch, right? And they're chasing each other around. Go. <laughs> Holy shit. And that's what they gave him. That explains so much to me. Yeah. You, you got, got a dragon oh, and you got a witch. Better. But wait, wait, wait. I got to take it to <laughs> You got a dragon. <laughs> and you got a witch. Wait. And they're chasing each other around. This whole show is awesome. Yay. Kids will love it. Wait, there's a flute. <laughs> that came later. 
Um, Wait, the flute was a late addition? The flute, the flute came later. The Good reason, God. The reason why the flute came, came later was because Lenny went home and sat down and said, holy shit, I have no idea what the show is going to be. Well, because got, all you got, got is a right. dragon and, and a, a witch. witch. That's and a great... each other around. Go. So... You have, like, limbs covering the camera, Wendy. What are you talking about? Your hand is... <laughs> Sorry, I took all the pictures. All the pictures. Every last one. They're all there. Good. When you see, you'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. You. That's fine. <laughs> so Lenny had no idea what this Lenny was going to be. Lenny had no idea what to do. And so he was sitting there and he turned on the TV. And guess what was on? Patrick McGowan in The Prisoner. <gasps> See, cause... Oh my God. And this thought, is all making sense now. And he thought to himself, this is a great fucking plot. It's a, a boy and he's trapped on an island and can't get away. <gasps> Are you kidding me? H.R. Puffin stuff is based on Patrick McGowan's The Prisoner. Oh God. What? Holy shit. It all makes sense now. <laughs> what? Whoa. H. Wait. Mind oh. blown. I can't even <laughs> sing the theme song now without being like. I want to bring the, the It's prisoner. a ringtone on my phone. The prisoner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Now I suddenly want bouncing giant, like, inflatable balls, like, coming after Timmy. Rover? Boing, 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 boing. Yeah. Terrifying. Is is he number three? <laughs> <laughs> Witchy Poo is number two. I, will, oh. I feel like Witchy Poo would be number two, right? Yeah. Let's, let's, go, let's go with recommendations first. Okay, let's do all some right, re- all right, all right, recommendations right. for our listeners. All right. If you are a fan of karate movies... Okay. There is there is a motion picture called Legend of the Sacred Stone. Oh, and it is the coolest like karate movie you've ever seen, and it's all done with rod puppets. Oh, it is gory and violent. There is these puppets bleed. (laughs) Sweet. But they do every move that you ever want to see in a karate movie. Okay, then. Awesome. And then there's, like, magic, too. So there's, like, lightning and shit. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's 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 recommendation one. Legend okay. Legend of the Sacred Stone. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. Where'd it go? Um, Higgledy Piggledy Pop or There Must Be More to Life, which is a puppet film based on the works of Maurice Sendak. Oh. And it's all about uh, a, an adventure that his dog has. Oh, yay. But the Aww. the puppetry is freaking gorgeous. Okay. Absolutely amazing. Aww. Um, so that's something to look up. And then there's some some really weird stuff that I ran across. Um Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story. What uh what? Well this took a left turn. What, I, what? done with done with Barbies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. That's a little bit offensive, considering she died of anorexia. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. There, if you can find this film, and you can get a copy of it, good luck, because okay. the carpenter, the carpenter family, squashed it. Because that's kind of offensive. Yeah, it's kind of offensive. Well, 
Um, let's see. Um, oh, Murderous, the Winnie Ruth Judd story from 2007 is a puppet film uh, about the Phoenix Trunk Murders of 1931. <laughs> I don't... What? The Phoenix Trunk Murders? Yep. Yeah. So real. they made a puppet biopic about a real crime. Yeah. What's not to like? <laughs> <laughs> this is... this the, the story behind this is um, there was a woman... Who uh, was was in uh, healthcare? Um, she was a nurse or something back in 1931. Um, she ended up living with two other women, but they were all in love with the same guy. Uh oh. So she killed the other two women, cut up their bodies, put them in trunks. Actually, one one was a tan valise, but we'll get. Um, and then <laughs> let's and then, not be pedantic. And then, and then hopped a train for L.A. And she took the cases with her. No! <laughs> so by the time she gets to L.A. They're a little smelly. They're, they're a little stinky and gooey. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you go. Um, yeah, and, oh, and she dear. was put on trial. Um, however, the, um, the murder scene was uh, horribly compromised by the press and locals and, and all that kind of thing. So um, her sentence was commuted from death penalty to imprisonment. But uh, the, the guy in the situation... Was that they were all in love with? Yeah, was evidently also involved with the murders somehow. So, yeah, it was it's <laughs> really weird and convoluted, but... <laughs> But we made a you know puppet movie out of it. That's that's always good. Puppets for kids, you know. Oh my! Puppets are for kids. Kids love that. Um, you know, for kids. Um, and I've got a bunch. I've got a bunch of recommendations for people to look for coming soon. Okay. Oh, oh good, All right. good, All right. good, 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 good. Um, most of these are short films, but uh, there is a short film called "The Mill at Calder's End." Okay. Which is a steampunk ghost story. Well, I like that. Yeah. We... And it's uh, uh, Kevin McTurk is the guy who's making this movie. Um, he did a Kickstarter campaign. Very successful. Everything we've seen so far is just freaking crazy cool. Um, so All right. that, that's and he pretty... did His previous one was the narrative of Victor Carlock. Yeah. Which is, okay. also, which is also... Which is really creepy. Yeah. If you... Yeah, really creepy. Um, there is a new film on the way called We Are Animals, which uh, we, letter R, animals. Okay. Um, it is R-rated by uh, Tobias Huffman. Um, they're saying that it's kind of like Meet the Feebles. <laughs> um, it's about uh, animals in a pet store that escape. And uh, the main character is Snow White. She's a white bunny rabbit. She's on the streets, uh, obviously in trouble. She gets picked up by a little old lady who takes her back to her apartment. And there are a couple of mean dogs that live in the apartment. It's, you know, so it's, it's, it's kind of that feeble sort of vibe. Okay. Um, and then uh, Toby Froud. Uh-huh. The guy who was the baby in Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, he's all grown up now and making his own puppet films. He just got done doing a film called Lessons Learned. I heard about this. I saw this on the net. He did. He did a, a Kickstarter for that, and uh, it's looking really, really sweet. 
So. Ah, well, and his parents are um, the frouds. So the, they're the vis- frouds of the frouds. The yeah. frouds, the frouds. So his visual style and visual sense should be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it's the things that I've seen all look very labyrinth like. Um, so that's cool. It's a good look. And then um, there's a new a new piece coming uh, called Monster of the Sky. Uh, the guy who's doing that is uh, Sam Koji Hale, mm-hmm. um, and he, his previous work is called Yamasan, and he's been supported quite a bit by Heather Hansen's um, uh, uh, endowment for puppet films. Hmm. Um, I must so. say, this has been a far more learned and structured podcast than we normally <laughs> manage. <laughs> I, I think we need to have a sober driver for our drunker episodes. <laughs> I, think, I think you would agree. Gordon, so. you have been a wonderful sober driver. I will just say that right, right Thank now. Thank goodness for uh, you. Every, Thank goodness everyone for in you. the audience is going, God, why doesn't he fucking get drunk and just laugh like they do? <laughs> <laughs> God, Gordon, you're so fucking. Oh wait, wait! It's time to ask your question. It's the it's the it's the art of contrast. Yeah, that's what makes it awesome, right? Contrast. Absolutely. Counterpoint. Point. Counterpoint. Jane, you ignorant slut. (laughs) Jane, you ignorant slut. (laughs) All right, U.S. Oh, oh, our questions. Number one. Number one. Who are you? I am Gordon Smooter. Question number two. What do you do? Uh, currently, I am a puppet builder and television puppeteer. Awesome. And your company name is? The Puppet Forge. Yay, Puppet Forge. Which, which can be found at www.thepuppetforge.com. Yay. Makers of such fine puppets as Connie. Connie Puppet. Yay, at Convergence. <laughs> and, and, the, uh, and the Cargill Puppet. And the Cargill mm-hmm. puppet. So seriously, if we ever got up to like all of the convergence listening to our podcast, that would be super exciting. <laughs> um, okay, so Gordon, what is in your personal pleasure dome that Kublai Khan did personally decree? Uh, Alf, the sacred river, caverns <laughs> measureless to man. Yeah, because fuck those men and can't a fucking count. sunless sea. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, twice five miles of fertile ground with walls and towers girdled round. <laughs> Forests filled with bright and sinuous rills and many an incense-bearing tree. Yay! And forests, ancient as the hills, and folding sunny spots of greenery. <gasps> we love you so much. <laughs> we love I you wish everyone lot. could see Wendy's face right now. <laughs> we love you a lot, Gordon. <laughs> Respond with anything even remotely related to. Thank you, Mr. Gallridge. Okay, Gordon. Question number four. Make a recommendation for our communal pleasure dome. The communal pleasure dome recommendation would be a cheese bar. Yeah. Whoa. Oh my god, that's so awesome! With the fig Newtons that oh, Kelvin recommended, this fig would be Newtons epic. from Kelvin and cheese bar <gasps> from what cheeses Gordon. would be oh. on it? Well, I mean, right away, um, okay. 
their smoked gouda. Oh, yes, yes. Because any, I'll eat anything that's smoked. Uh, yeah, like well, smoke. Oh, smoky sharp cheddar. Yeah. Well, if you take uh, a bottle of smoke flavoring and dump it on a bale of hay, that's my lunch. <laughs> and okay. you can't have any. Um, but really i happen to be a big fan of uh hard crumbly cheeses oh yes 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 uh, so do tell extra aged mimolette okay which uh has a really hard rind on the outside the the, actually this cheese looks like a grapefruit on the outside okay and you you have to kind of lever it open with a really big sharp knife um because it's hard. It's hard like a, a, a like a parmesan. Mm-hmm. I love that. Except it's a really it stinky, really deep orange color. That sounds like it's really stinky. Mm. It's I don't know. Is it is it stinky? No. No, not really stinky. But because I it like just... a I love a parmesan. I like a really mm, mm. hard mm-hmm. cheese mm-hmm. with like some bite. I like I like cheese with snap. Yeah. Yeah. But but softer cheeses are good too. Uh, like I say, the smoked gouda, not mm-hmm. a hard cheese. No, no, it's fine. Um, and uh, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say brie because everybody needs some of that. Yeah, it's. I, I'm me. actually not a huge fan of. I'm brie. not. A, I'm not a big fan of brie either. But, I know, right? You know, but but, but you I know, eat the little so. baby bells all the time. Ooh, uh, nah, no, they're really. They're, it's a roller derby thing. They're super oh. good for right before a bout for a little shot of protein. But you know, you need to cater to all your customers. Oh so yeah, you have an array. Yeah, of oh, whatever yeah. will. Well, yeah. When we went to Disney World Appeal. and we ate at the Contemporary Resort restaurant. <laughs> And I got the chocolate pudding cake, which, as it turns out, isn't a cake with pudding in it, but a cake made of pudding, which made me seriously cry. I'm like, wow, in my mouth. And then Chris got, Chris ordered the cheese plate for dessert, and he literally welled up with tears as he was tasting these cheeses with their little complimentary flavors of like jelly and chocolate and whatever. He's like, oh my God, this. <gasps> this cheese, I don't, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> That's your cheese bar in the pleasure dome, right? Yeah, there. pretty much. Yeah, awesome. Pretty much. Cheese bar. So, <laughs> so listeners, this has been Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I have been Wendy. That has been Melissa, and our special guest. You. Oh, me. <laughs> you. Gordon Smooter of the Puppet Forge. Of the Puppet Forge. Yay, Gordon. And we have had a wonderful time talking to our guests tonight. Yay. We love yours. Gordon. Yay. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. New episodes arrive every Thursday. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Best time it so it arrives when we're done. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because food when we're recording, we've learned is a bad. That's idea. a bad idea. <laughs> it's a bad idea. Yeah. The drinking, food however. When we're recording is. Shut bad. up. <laughs> that was.
was judgy, my friend. What the fuck? <laughs>